As a major research institution, Arizona State University offers the most online bachelor's degree programs, along with world-class faculty and dedicated support. Discover why ASU is ranked number one in innovation for nine consecutive years. Tap to learn more. Hey, this is former NFL tight end Clay Harbor coming to you with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy sports app that's super fun. You can turn $10 into $250 with just a few clicks. And with the prize picks reboot policy, your entries stays in play if your player gets injured in the first half and does not return in the second. Crazy, right? Go to prizepicks.com slash believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, and enter code B-L-E-A-V for your first deposit match up to $100. Me going to prison is no different than you being a prisoner in your own mind because prison comes in many forms. I meet more people out here in the free world that are locked up that I ever did when I was in prison, because more people are in prison by their thoughts and by their things than by steel bars and barbed wire and concrete. You can take that to the bank, man. That's the absolute gospel truth. Welcome to the Recovering Athlete Podcast. My name is Cletus Coffey, a former professional and world champion athlete. In each episode, we are bringing you inspiring individuals or educational trainings to help you get out of mediocrity and learn how to reach your highest potential in life after sports. I'm so thankful you're here. Now let's come together and create a greater impact in life than we ever did in sports. My friends, get ready. Because this is the most profound story that I've been able to share on this podcast uh, since we started it. And it's probably going to be difficult to eclipse this story for a long time. Now, I want to introduce to you Damon West. And Damon West is a former NCAA Division I starting quarterback, turned meth addict, turned criminal, who was sentenced to 65 years in prison just about the rest of his life. This is a story about recovery and redemption and about identity and about a coffee bean. Now, the story is something that regardless of where you're at in your life right now, if you are complaining about your circumstances, if you are, are blaming others, something outside of yourself, for your lack of results, for lack of feeling fulfilled in your life, this is the story for you. And I tell you, I've been in that place. I've been blaming. I've complained and looked at the environment outside of me as the reason why I was stuck in mediocrity, reason why I wasn't chasing my dreams, following my passion, And I tell you, really what it comes down to is a fight. You used to fight, my friend. You used to fight for what you truly believed in. As an athlete, as a competitive athlete, you went all in. And you fought to become the greatest version of yourself to reach your highest potential. And you have lost that fight in life after sports. You may have the income. You may have the car and the house. Or you may not. Everyone's on a different place. At the end of the day, can you look in the mirror and say, I gave it my all. I went after my passion, my dreams. Stumbled, fell, set back, made mistakes along the way. That's all part of the process. 
but you've lost the fight and it's time to start fighting the good fight for what you believe in. And Damon West does a marvelous job because if he can do it, if he can find his passion, if he can chase his dreams with all the mistakes and the setbacks and the failures that he endured in his journey, you can do it as well. If you need help in that process, cletuscoffee.com forward slash playbook is how we get started. That's the first step in writing yourself and identifying who you are now in life after sports and what you're capable of and getting started, going after it and fighting for it now. Man, I'm passionate about this. I want to help you. And so again, cletuscoffee.com forward slash playbook. My friends, if this story with, with Damon West's interview resonates with you, by all means, I would love you to go on to Apple, hit hit that five-star rating, leave me a, a, a review on what you thought about this or how this impacted your life because I, I took a lot away from this conversation. I cannot wait for you to do as well. So strap in, whatever you're doing, block it out, any distractions that might be in your way, and listen in to this fantastic conversation, powerful story about a coffee bean. And my friend, Hey, so fill me in, man. What do you got behind you? I see some balls. So uh, this is, I've got a Be a Coffee Bean football. I got a, a football on a Be a Coffee Bean. And got, for where I play ball in North Texas, University of North Texas. That is uh, a guy who's done more for me than anybody else on the planet, man. Dabo Sweeney. He's, so, he's a stud. That's it, man. So. That's my balls. I've got a whole bunch of them in the other room. My wife has a these display thing. Every college I've spoken to gives me a football when I go. So I've got just walls and walls of these balls. You know, no, it's all because of this guy right here, man. He was the first coach to bring me in. I went to an award show. Let me try to bring this down a little bit. So I went to an award show in Houston. It's a story I tell, especially with sales groups and organizations like that. Is this award show in Houston, the Bear Bryant Coach of the Year Award. 2017, man. I've been wanting to get in front of college football programs. And, uh, you know, all these coaches today that like, I mean, USC, Wisconsin, Penn State, they're all PJ Fleck, they're all in the room. It's in Houston. And so I'm going around meeting all these coaches. I've been out of prison about 14 months and, and I'm striking out everywhere, Cletus. I mean, every coach I meet is telling me no, blowing me off. Uh, you know, seven of the eight coaches within one hour have already told me no. And I'm thinking about just leaving. I live an hour and a half from Houston. It's like I got a long drive home. You know, I'm like, just go home. That last guy's going to tell you no, like everybody else did. But then that voice kicked in, that, that competitor, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to quit. What kind of motivational speaker just quits? You want to be the motivational speaker, you know, practice what you preach. and You survive prison. You survive way worse than this. He's going to tell you no to your face. So, man, I stalked Dabo Sweeney around that room that night. And I finally passed on Dabo after about an hour of stalking this guy. And, uh, you know, met him that night, gave him my pitch. He took my business card. Got away from me as fast as he could. It felt like a no. But four months later, his director of football operations got in touch with me and said, hey, man, Coach Sweeney met you at award show in Houston. He'd love to have you come talk to the team. Do you have August 1st open? Dude, I'm in the door, right? I got every first open. I can go, I can go right now. So August 1st, 2017, I spoke to the Clemson Tigers, the defending national champions of college football. And when I got done with that presentation, Dabo had me up against the wall. He was like, Damon, that's the most amazing story I've ever heard. I've never seen my players respond like that before. He said, have you been to Alabama? I was like, no, man, I've been to Clemson, dude. I haven't been anywhere, you know? So he said, well, we'll see. He said, I just texted Nick Saban from the back of the room and told him what I was watching. 
Cletus, when I landed in Houston the next morning, had a voicemail and a text message from a DFO in Alabama and said, hey, we'll see you in Tuscaloosa in three weeks. You're on. I mean, so just like that, Dabo has kicked on the door. Then I got all these coaches, in the Lincoln Riley, all these people are calling me, saying, hey, man, Dabo, is he going to come talk to my team? When can you come out and talk to my team? Then a year later, I'm at my desk at work at that law firm where, where I was working at the time, and my phone rings. You know, the other, the other end of the phone is John Gordon. And I'm like, I know who John Gordon is. I'm like, how do you know who I am, John Gordon? He said, Dabo Swinney. He said, just in Dabo's office. And all he could do was talk about you and the coffee bean story. So he, John's like, hey, man, look, the world needs a coffee bean message. Let's write a book and give it to him, you know? And so we did the book. It became a best, it's still a bestseller. Two years, that next, next month, that book will be two years old. It's still a bestseller every month. And it's all because of that one yes and that room full of no's. That no that I was sure that I was going to get. Mm-hmm. But it's that old habit of being an athlete, you know, when they tell you to get the last rep in, stay after practice once, you know, everybody's gone and, and, and put the extra hard work in. If you put the work in, then you're going to have your moments like that in life. You're dabble swinging. So really cool. Dude, that's awesome. Just yeah, that right cool. there, that nugget is huge. So many people, especially former athletes, can connect with that. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing. We tell athletes, we tell salespeople from organizations, man, make all your calls, you know, knock on every door, get in every rep, do everything you can. And the moral of the story is like, look, if I would have left that night, you wouldn't know who Damon West is. And the world wouldn't have the coffee bean message right now. But it's, it's that one yes, that room full of no's, that one, you know, I tell you all the time, man. The only question you know the answer to is the one you do not ask. The answer to that question is always no, because you never asked it, you know? Mm-hmm. So tell people always ask. Gotta always ask that question. Dude, so take let's go back for a second. Tell me about Damon West, the athlete. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in a town called Port Arthur, Texas. Where are you right now, please? I'm in Seattle, Washington. Seattle. Okay. Well, my, my sister-in-law is from Yakima. So oh, um Yes, right, right down the road from me, man. So, uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, I grew up in a town called Port Arthur, Texas. Uh, my dad was a sports writer. I was a great athlete growing up. I was a star quarterback in my hometown. And, and this is Texas, man. Texas high school football is a big deal. I don't know how much you've heard about Texas high school football, but it's like a religion down here. And I was the man. I was a three-year starting quarterback. Had a lot of character issues when I was young. I got into substance abuse at a really young age. Um but none of that really mattered, man, in, in, in a town where you could throw a football, you know, you had a cannon for a right arm. And um, I got a scholarship to play football at the University of North Texas, Division One college football. And, and I really thought I had arrived. You know, I thought that this is I, I mean, this is what I'm supposed to be, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But uh, life is a way of knocking you down and giving you these fork in the road days. My fork in the road came on September 21st, 1996. We took the field against Texas A&M that day. Beautiful Saturday afternoon in College Station, Texas. And on the third play of that game, I was 20 years old. I was starting quarterback for a Division I team. But on the third play of the game, I went down with a separated shoulder, and I never played college football again. And when I got up to that fork in the road in life, and football was gone, my identity was gone, I made a lot of wrong turns at that fork in the road. Please. So I started eating a lot, making a lot of poor choices. I got the hardcore drugs came next, you know, the cocaine, the ecstasy, the pills. Uh, I didn't like being Damon West if I wasn't Damon West, the athlete. And what's interesting, too, you talk about the athletic part of it, Cletus. I worked so hard in my life at being a quarterback. I'm not a big guy. I'm 5'10 and a half. You know, 5'11 is what I told the recruiters. 5'10 and a half is what I really was. No one wanted a short quarterback that back then, but no one could outwork me. Uh, I was, had a great arm. 
And I put so much into being a football player. And I always wondered after sports was over, would I ever find anything like that that passioned me like that again? And, and I didn't. I mean, not until after prison, until I got out and I found this, you know, that I had this, this story with this ability to impact human life on a different level. Uh, but I have to get outside myself to do it. And, and I never once got outside of myself when I was in athletics. It was always about Damon West. And, and it was, I was very selfish, but I was a hard worker. And, and that stuff, though, that work ethic that we learned in sports, I've never found it translating over to anything until now, my recovery and my new life. Mm-hmm. That's powerful, man. That's powerful. And it, for, for those people who are listening, you know, my, my audience is a lot of former athletes who are at that, that pivot point who are saying, look, I, I'm not finding anything in life like I once had as an athlete and I'm going to settle for less. Not that they're constantly saying I'm going to settle, but yet they're settling for less or they're going to down roads that are just destructive to themselves, to their families and so forth. And obviously that's, that's leading the wrong way. And, and what you, what you did is you just connected the dots there. We have it intrinsically in us. It's in our DNA. It's finding something that fulfills us. And in your case, the way your coffee, and I can't wait to hear more about the coffee bean, but what, what you are doing today, that success and that film fulfillment have joined together and man, uh, sky's the limit. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. We we all have it in us. Athletes are unique people, man. We we don't we don't look at the world the same way everybody else does because we we all decided that we, you know, we're the base jumpers. We're the people that take chances. We're the people that like the adrenaline rush. That's what athletes are. Athletes like to do stuff uh, that not everybody can do. And I, I talked to athletes in high high school, junior high, college, pro. And it's the same thing. It's that that desire to work harder. You know, we're the ones that that added something else onto their their life. Whenever it was, you know, everybody else is just going to school. Well, you're going to school. You're playing a sport. You're part of a team. You're sacrificing your summers. You're doing all that. And so we're built differently. And we have to find an outlet to to put that kind of passion into. And it's a real deal what you're talking about. You're talking about these athletes that listen to this podcast. They kind of get in a, in a point where they feel like they're struggling, they're lost. Look, I deal with that a lot. I talk to a lot of former athletes and they're all, you know, they're saying the same thing. Not all of them, but a lot of them say the same thing. You know, I just, I can't find anything that I'm, that I'm passionate about. But one of the things I talk about with people is, is you've got to find an outlet outside yourself to make that happen. You've got to find something beyond you. You got to get outside of self. And that's one of the problems I learned about it. And when I was working in my program recovery, my 12 step program, which you know, the 12-step program recovery, you look, you don't graduate from one of those things. I'm going to, be, I'll do this the rest of my life. I go to my meetings. I got a sponsor. I work the steps. I got a meeting tonight after our podcast. But um, the thing about it is, is that once I got into a program recovery, I finally found that the secret to life is really servant leadership. And servant leadership is helping other people achieve their goals in life, helping to raise other people up to a different station of life because when we're helping other people, that's when we're at our best. And it takes us getting outside of ourselves to lead like that. And I think every athlete has it in them to be that servant leader because people look up to athletes. You have a natural platform as a former athlete that uh, people will look up to you. People will follow you. And it's, it's important to, to lead people in the right way. Let's come back to that for a second, because I, I want to get back to your story. So, because uh, I'm seeing it all pan out, I want to I want to make sure we we really emphasize this because your story took a really unique turn. 
post col or you know, post playing football, you separate your shoulder, you got into hardcore drugs, making bad choices. What ultimately happened at that point? Yeah, so um, I was, uh, you know, I graduated college in '99 after my injury. I hurt '96. Graduated college '99. I'm a cocaine addict at this point. I drink a lot, do a lot of cocaine. I move off to Washington, D.C. I got a job working in the United States Congress. After that, I worked for a guy running for president of the United States. I was a political fundraiser, raising money all over the country. Uh, but, you know, I'm still into drugs. I'm still, you know, because wherever you go, there you are, Cletus. I mean, it's like you can't run from yourself. And, and until you deal with yourself, you're going to keep dragging your ass around every, everywhere you go. And I, and I moved to the other side of the country, but there I was in D.C. just waiting for me. And so um, after that, after I worked in politics, I moved back in 2004 to be a stockbroker in Dallas for UBS, one of the biggest banks in the world. And it was at that job as a broker that I, I came up to another very big fork in the road in life. And another broker saw me sleeping at work one day. He was freaked out by it because it means like you're a broker. You can't sleep on your job. They'll fire you for that. So he said, come on down to the parking garage. And he said, I got something that's going to pick you up. So we, we went down to the parking garage that day. And, and I took my first hit of crystal meth off of a glass pipe in his car. And it, it, it was the, like the drug that changed everything for me because meth was meant it's the most evil, most destructive, most addictive drug ever, ever created. And that stuff grabs you. And, and it grabbed me. And I, and, it, and I gave everything away for that drug, Cletus, because I'm an addict. You can't steal something from you can't steal from an addict. You, I'm an addict. Show me the dope. I'll give you my job. I'll give you my car. I'll give you my savings account, my family, my tethering to God. You want that? You can have it. Just give me the dope. So I gave everything away and I was homeless. I went from working on Wall Street to living on the streets of Dallas. And um, then the the bad choices became criminal. I started breaking into people's cars and storage units to fund my addiction. And eventually, eventually I started breaking into houses, please. And, and I put together, then I put together my own burglary crew. And now I was the quarterback again. Just not the quarterback on the right kind of team, man. I was the quarterback. I was the head of a of an organized crime ring in Dallas, Texas. Uh, the organized crime ring committed a string of burglaries. We committed burglaries, and they were called the Uptown Burglaries for the Uptown area of Dallas, really nice part of Dallas that we burglarized for three years. And on July 30th, 2008, a Dallas SWAT team put an end to the Uptown Burglaries. That was the day they arrested me. Or as, as I tell audiences everywhere I go, Quintus, that wasn't – that wasn't just the day I was arrested, man. That was the day I was rescued, man. I got pulled out of a situation I couldn't get myself out of. But honestly, I didn't see it like that that day. July 30, 2008, uh, it'll forever be, you know, burned in my mind as, as a day that my life took a, another turn. But it was the first day. It's it's the day that I call it's my sobriety date. I mean, I got taken into sobriety at gunpoint, but it, it's not my recovery date. You know, people that are in recovery, they totally understand this because, you know, when I got into recovery is I got into a program recovery when I was in prison. That was in July of 2011. But July of 2008, man, that was the day they brought me in and, uh, and arrested me. So big term in my life, big term in my life. And, and I tell you, July, I mean, I, I remember 2008, not, it wasn't that long ago. And, and it, it, in that short period of time, you know, you went from being arrested uh, to, here we are. I mean, we're, we're just, just over a decade later. Uh, and my goodness, I mean, a lot has changed. So what happens? You, you get arrested, you get, what, what happens from there? Yeah. So I, I, I got arrested and, and I spent the next 10 months in Dallas County jail waiting for my day in court. And uh, May 18th, 2009, 
the jury, I mean, the, the Dallas County gave, finally gave me my day in court. Actually, they gave me six days in court. Six days is a long criminal trial for crimes that were not aggravated. I mean, no one was ever home. I never saw my victims. No one was physically hurt. These are non-aggravated property crimes. And I'm not trying to give you the lessons, the severity of it. They're still very serious crimes. Burglary is a very serious crime. But no one was physically hurt. I'm trying to stress that. But this jury, they listened to all the overwhelming evidence of my guilt. They, they hated me at the end because, the, like I said, the evidence was overwhelming. And they went to deliberate on my sentence for 10 minutes, 10 minutes after six days of testimony. 10 minutes is not long. You know, I don't know how much law and order you watch, but if a jury's gone for 10 minutes, they smoked you. And when I came back in that courtroom, that judge who hadn't smiled the entire trial was grinning from ear to ear. And he said, Damon Joseph West, you are hereby sentenced to 65 years in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. 65 years, Cletus, is a life sentence in prison. Now, obviously, I didn't do life in prison because I'm coming to you today from Beaumont, Texas, in my home studio. Uh, I did seven years and three months in a maximum security penitentiary in Beaumont, Texas, called the Mark Stiles Unit. One of the toughest prisons in the state. I'll put it up against any prison in America. And what's interesting is I know a lot about tough prisons in America because since I got out of prison in 2015 on parole, I went back to school and got my master's in criminal justice. And today I'm a professor at the University of Houston downtown. And I teach a class called Prisons in America. So I know a lot about prisons in America. So Styles is a very tough prison. But I did seven years and three months at a maximum security penitentiary, uh, made parole November 16, 2015. Uh, with the, the strict warning that, you know, if you come back, we'll keep you forever. So you got one chance to get this right in life. So uh, I've been out for five and a half years and going around sharing my story and sharing this experience, strength and hope with, with any audience I can, you know, whether it be a team, a sports team, a corporation, uh, a group, a, a high school, a church group, whatever, man, I'm there to share the story because I believe we're all teachers and we either teach people how to do something the right way or the wrong way, or maybe, we are both a warning and a message of hope. And I think my life is both. You've got an interesting message that has come out of your, your time. I think it was your time in prison. And yeah. it just so happens to that coffee is my last name, but that wasn't what really excited me about it. It's the story that you talk about the, the coffee bean and how that relates over to life. Man, I, I love to, I want to learn from it and obviously have others for you to share with with those listening tell me about yeah, so i so i just i just been sentenced to life in prison and uh you know my mom has told me that you know i can't join one of these Aryan brotherhood type gangs one of these 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 white supremacist type gangs while i'm in prison she's you know she's like hey you come back as the man we raised or don't you come back at all you know that's you know that's tough love but i don't really know how i'm gonna do this so i'm I'm asking all these guys in Dallas County Jail how I'm going to survive and what am I going to do? And everybody's basically telling me the same thing. You have to get into a gang. You can't, you can't survive without a gang. But there was this one guy, this older black guy named Mr. Jackson. And Mr. Jackson is what you call a career criminal. He's been out of prison all of his life, four or five times. But he's the most positive guy I've ever met. So Jackson pulls me aside one day and he's telling me the element about prison I'm about to walk into, especially the kind of prison I'm going into, the life sentence part. And he's telling me about the racial component there, that everything's about race. And I got to fight the white gangs first. And if I, if I can survive that, then I got to fight the black gangs. And, you know, if I want my independence, I have to fight everybody I have to until the fighting's done and they'll leave me alone until I've earned that right to walk alone. But he tells me, you know, he's like, hey, you don't have to win all your fights, but you do have to fight 
all your fights, which has become like a mantra in my life. Because I mean, look, I mean, that tells us that some days you're going to lose. Some days you're going to win. Some days you are going to lose. So some days you're going to wake up and you're laying in bed and you know, life is about to kick you in the teeth once you get out of bed, but you have to get out of bed face a day. You can't just lay in your bed and stay in bed all day. So, but when he's telling me this, you can see that he's losing. Like, I'm just like a deer in headlights. Whoa, you know, all this violence I'm about to walk into. And that's when he said, hey, let me, let me break it down for you another way. He said, I want you to imagine prison. It's a pot of warm water. He said, anything we put in this pot of warm water is going to be changed by the heat and the pressure inside that pot. And he said, let's put three things in that pot of warm water and watch how they change. A carrot, an egg, and a coffee bean. So he walks me through it. He said, first things first, if I put a carrot in that pot of warm water we call prison, he said, what happens to the carrot? And I'm like, well, Mr. Jackson, the carrot's going to turn soft in the pot of warm water. He said, that's right. He said, the carrot went into the water hard, but the water, the prison, turned the hard carrot soft, mushy, and weak. He said, the carrot got beat, he got robbed, he got raped, and he may have gotten killed. He said, you don't want to be the carrot. He said, what about the egg, Wes? And I was like, well, Mr. Jackson, the egg, the egg will turn hard, like a hard-boiled egg. He said, that's right. He said, the egg has a shell that protects it physically, but inside the shell, the soft liquid core, the egg's heart, becomes hardened. He said, if your heart becomes hardened, now you're incapable of giving or receiving love. He said, if you're incapable of giving or receiving love, you would become institutionalized. And you do not come back as someone your parents recognize because your eggshell will have swastikas tattooed all over it. And that's when he asked me, what about the coffee bean? And I had no clue this. I didn't know what happened to a coffee bean in a pot of boiled water. And that's when Mr. Jackson, a man that looked nothing like me, didn't come from the same background as me, didn't even have the same beliefs as me. This is a black Muslim man from the streets of Dallas. I'm a white middle-class Catholic guy from Port Arthur, Texas. But this guy, so different than me, shared with me one of the most important lessons I've ever learned in life. And I tell people everywhere I go, if you turn yourself off in life to other people because they look different than you, they come from a different background than you, different race than you, different religion than you, if you turn yourself away from these people because there are differences, you're going to miss some of the best lessons in life and probably some of the best friendships too. So that's what Mr. Jackson told me. He said, if I put a coffee bean into that same pot of boiling water we call prison, he said, now, now we have to change the name of the water to coffee. Because he said the coffee bean, Wes, the smallest of these three things, he said, small like you, had the power to change the entire atmosphere inside that pot. He said, because the power was inside the coffee bean. He said, just like the power is inside of you. And he said, everybody in life, we put out energy, negative or positive, whatever kind of energy we put out, we attract back called the law of attraction, and it works. So he's telling me, if you want to walk around with this mean, negative look on your face, you're going to attract the meanest and negative people there. But he said, if you walk around the, with a smile on your face, you'll attract the positive people in prison, the, the, other, the other coffee beans. They'll find you. And he reminded me, he said, you know, everything else was changed by the water. The carrot was changed by the water. The egg was changed by the water. But the coffee bean was the only thing that could change the water. And he said, he told me, he said, if you want to survive prison and come back, is the man your, your parents recognize, then you have to be like that coffee bean. You have to change that prison from the inside out. And the last thing Mr. Jackson told me before I got on the prison bus, on August 10th, 2009, the Texas Department of Criminal Justice came to pick me up, go serve my life sentence. And Mr. Jackson's last four words for me were, be a coffee bean, be a coffee bean. That's it. That's what it's all about, being a coffee bean. It's powerful, man. That is so cool. What an incredible story. Uh, and then it sounds like you you embodied that because you were able to get yourself in a position to be available for the opportunity for parole, and you didn't you didn't spend your life there. 
No, I mean, it, it, it wasn't easy being a coffee bean there. You know, I had to figure it out. And it's the, the most negative, toxic environment. So that's what I tell people all the time. If I could figure it out in a place like that, and you can do it out here in whatever environment you're in. If I could turn that pot of warm water into a pot of coffee, then you could turn yours into a pot of coffee too. And, and that's the thing Parole took notice of. Parole was like, look, you know, you, you came to this prison, this prison in particular, and you didn't let it define you, but you changed yourself inside of here. But the parole said, more importantly, you changed prison around you. She said, so that's, you know, the lady from parole that interviewed me, she's like, really, I just got one question for you for your parole interview. So my parole interview came down to one question, please. One question only, decided whether or not I would stay in prison or go home that day. And she said, if you could be remembered for being anything in life, anything at all, she said, I want you to tell me what that would be in just one word, go. And man, I'm a coffee bean. That was the easiest question in the world this lady could have asked me. And I fired her answer back at her real quick. And I said, man, useful. I just want to be useful. And I can be useful in this prison or I can be useful out in the free world finding coffee beans. And they let me go, Cletus. They gave me one shot to get this right. One shot to go out there and find as many coffee beans as I can. And that's what I'm telling you, man. Coming full circle to the first thing we talked about, I have found a mission in life, found a purpose in life that, that if I'm willing to work my program recovery and stay within the, the, the rules of my program recovery and that is about being outside of self, being a servant leader. If I'm willing to do those things, then I will have this amazing story to tell people and inspire them about how they can change their lives too with the power of being a coffee bean. Because that's the thing. It's all tied to, to me, me telling the story, me giving people hope. It's all tied to me practicing these ideals, practicing what I preach. Because if, if I imploded and didn't do this right, then I take all that with me. You know, and I, I tell people all the time, you know, people coming out of prison, you know, you're either going to pave the road for the next man or woman coming from coming behind you from prison, you know, and with all your interactions that you have out here in the, in the world with people. And, you know, you're you're a formerly incarcerated person. Now you've got a chance to go out in the world and make a new life. And everybody you meet, just know that you're going to leave an impression with them that either paves the road for the next man or woman coming come behind you or blows it up. And, you know, that is not to add any pressure on anybody else, but that's the truth, man, because we look at formerly incarcerated people in America in a different way. Our attitudes towards incarceration and the formerly incarcerated have got to evolve more than they are, you know, because now, you know, one of the things about being a formerly incarcerated person is that I know this axiom that we all know of people that have been in prison is punishment never stops. And what I mean by that, Cletus, is that even with all the things going on in my life, and I work for myself, I've got a business where I go around speaking, I write books, I'm a, I'm a professor. I mean, but if I had to go out and get a job tomorrow and I got to go out and start filling out job applications, there are a lot of jobs in America I can't even get because I have to check a box that says I've been, you know, I've had a felony conviction. And that means punishment never stops. We've got to change our attitudes towards that. 95% of the people getting out of prison are going, 95% of the people in prison are getting out one day. 95%. They're going to be next to you in, in Walmart. They're going to be pumping gas next to your family one day. These people are getting out. And we have to find a better world to create for everybody, but especially the formerly incarcerated. I think that we need to, you know, we need to find ways to work with this, this population because as evidence with the person in front of you today, there's a lot of potential inside those prisons. Dude, absolutely. And the thing is, you are 
you're inspiring on a lot of levels. And, but what's cool is as an athlete, like I, I, and those listening, like we connect with you. Like we, we understand one another, whether or not, you know, if you're listening to this, you played a different sport besides football and so forth. Like I, I totally get, but we understand one another on the level of like you spoke to in the very beginning, giving up of yourself, blood, sweat, tears that we've gone through in order to achieve this thing. Now you were, you were paroled in, in what year? 2015. 2015. Yeah. 2000, so, yeah, November 2015. Right. So, I mean, we're talking six years that you yeah. have gone from stepping outside of prison to finding that which truly fulfills you and giving yourself all to it, being a servant for others, being useful to, to, to so many. And yet I know a lot of us have been stuck, and I, me included. I was not in prison, but I was in my own prison. I was stuck in, in settling for, for less. I was stuck in my own woes of how come I can't figure this out and why I cannot find it. Uh, you, and you, know, you coming from a lot worse places, it can be done. It absolutely yeah, and, can and, be done. And, and you know, that's the thing. You, you, you said you hit on that twice, and I want to go back to that, is that when you say that I've come from a lot worse places, yeah, but here, here's the thing. Pain is relative. You know, Cletus, if you say it's the worst pain in the world, it's the worst pain in the world. And because prison comes in many forms. I meet more people out here in the free world that are locked up than I ever did when I was in prison. Because more people are in prison by their thoughts and by their things than by steel bars and barbed wire and concrete. You can take that to the bank, man. That's the absolute gospel truth, you know. So we have to avoid becoming prisoners in our minds. And look, going back full circle to being an athlete. When I was in prison, physical prison, I used athletics to earn my respect. The, the last leg of the fight in two months of my first day, my first part of prison was just violence after violence after violence. But the last two weeks of that two months was spent with me out there on the rec yard, earning respect in the basketball court. Cause I'm an athlete man. and I got out there and I'm like, Hey, everything is segregated by race out there. And I'm fighting the black gangs at this point. So the, you know, I'm going to go out there and play a sport. And do it. So I got in the basketball court where no white guys are allowed. But it was because I was an athlete and I could apply being an athlete in there that it gave me, a, I don't know if you'd call it an advantage, but it gave me a different level to compete, even to battle, to combat with the inhabitants of this place that I was in, this prison that I was in, because everybody respects an athlete. Back to what we talked about at the beginning. In society, we put athletes up on a pedestal. We, we admire them. We, we, we we're thrilled by them. We're entranced by these athletes and what they can do. And that's inside of us, man. Even when I got into prison, I can tap into that because even in that place, everybody respected an athlete. And I got to use my athletic ability. And, and the point is that even if your sport, you're done with that, even if you physically can't do the things you used to be able to do, you're still that athlete inside of you, man. That fight, that fire is in you. Whether or not you're, you're carrying a ball or a racket or uh, some skates around, that's inside of you, man. That's never going to leave. All you got to do is tap into that. Yeah, I love it. And, and now you've taken this message and you've, you've been to Clemson and Alabama uh, football programs and beyond. What, what, and, of course, you've, you've written a book. Tell me about the book you wrote. So the first book I wrote is called The Change Agent. And it's an autobiography about my life. Uh, it's done really well out there, but it's like, you know, we can only cover so much in the limited time we have today, but the, the Change Agent, my autobiography, get on Amazon. It is a great 
prison memoir. I mean, it's going to take you into the depths of prison, the belly of the beast, and really pull back the, the curtain of what it's like inside there. But it's also going to talk about the transformation and change that happened inside me and the tools that I picked up inside of it, that environment. The other, another book I wrote was The Coffee Bean with John Gordon. Came out in July of 2019. Uh, been a bestseller ever since. It was the book that Dabo Swinney put John and I together and we created The Coffee Bean. And even during the pandemic, we created another book called The Coffee Bean for Kids. You know, a children's version to help kids understand with the world changing around them with the pandemic about the power of being inside them and the power they have with just being kind. I mean, it's a, it's a book about, you know, how you should treat one another. I think that every adult should read The Coffee Bean for Kids, but it's a very good kids book. Mm, I love it. I love it. And you're on, obviously you were out on the road prior to COVID out speaking, but I'm sure you're, you're probably picking that back up or been doing it virtually. Yeah, no, I've been, I did a lot of virtuals and I, look, I let everybody know in August uh, around America on social media, you want someone to come speak in person. I am your guy. I'll do it. I mean, I, I'll take all the safety protocols. There are, you take the safety protocols too, because this is a two way street. And we're all in this together. And look, I mean, I was on the road from August until I got my vaccinations in March. And right before I got the vaccine, uh, I tested for antibodies. I was like, I'm just curious, you know, this whole time I, I was on the road every week on planes every week from August on, but I'm very careful. I'm wearing a mask. I'm using hand sanitizer. I'm keeping my distance. My wife has an auto, a severe autoimmune disease. So, I mean, I can't bring it home to her. It could kill her if I brought it home to her. So right before I got the vaccine, you know, late February, early March, I was like, Hey, let me take the antibody test to see if I've even been exposed to it. And I've never had been exposed to COVID that entire time, which is amazing, but it's also a testament to keeping your distance and, and maintaining all, all the healthy, uh, healthy rules. You can go out in public and safely navigate this world. You know, whether you're vaccinated or not, I think you can go out there and safely uh, navigate it, but you have to take precautions out there. Absolutely, man. That's, that's a, uh, a great testament to do, you know, doing the right things, taking care of yourself and taking care of others and, and it can work out. Uh, so man, give a, give a message to the athlete, the former athlete that's listening here, who is like, Hey, I, I know I can work hard. I'll show up early. I'll leave late. I'll put in the effort, but I just can't seem to find that thing that really lights me up. And I, I, you know, I hear, I hear you, Damon, you're obviously, you're passionate about what you're doing. I see, you know, Cletus is doing what he's doing, but I just can't seem to find that which turns me on. Any thoughts, any insight, any advice to how to Gotcha, please. Here it is, too. All right, so you're an athlete. You're a former athlete. You know how to physically work out. But maybe since you've gotten out of your sport, you can't even motivate yourself to do that. Maybe we've, you know, our bodies aren't what they used to be. And we look at ourselves and we're like, man, look, I used to be in tip-top shape. You know, I've let myself go. Here's how you get back into shape and stay in shape. Work out every day in three areas. Three areas. Spiritually, mentally, and physically. Now, this is what I'm talking about. You want to be a complete human being? You want to be a coffee bean? You got to work out on all three. There's no more just taking care of yourself physically. You want to be, when I was in prison, I was locked up with guys that could play in the NBA and the NFL. These guys are massive physical specimens. Some of the best basketball games I've ever seen were inside of prison, man. Some of the best fights I've ever saw were inside of a prison, not inside of an octagon, but in prison, man, in life. So there were some great athletes in there. But all these guys did was work out their bodies, they never worked out their minds. They never worked out their soul. You want to be a complete human being? You want to be a coffee bean? You got to work out in all three. So people ask me all the time, 
what is your spiritual workout? I'm going to give you my spiritual workout. This is going to set your day up the right way every single day. I say one prayer to God. And I learned this when I got into recovery, a program recovery. I'm in a 12-step program. For those of y'all that know what a program recovery is, 12-step program recovery. I say one prayer to God every day. I ask God for two things when I get up in the morning. This is what gets me straight and on the right path. I say, hey, God, put in front of me what you need me to do today for you. And let me recognize that when I see it. Amen. That's it. I don't ask for anything else because in my faith, and there's a lot of different faiths out there. And the, the beautiful thing about life is you get to choose your own path and your own faith. No one can tell you what to believe. So believe what you want and, and, and believe whatever God you want, or don't believe in any God at all. It's, it's up to you. But in my faith, I can tell you from my experience that I trust that if I take care of what God needs me to do for him, that he'll take care of my needs too. Not my wants, but my needs. Now I'm separated away from this thing that where these needs reside. Needs are where a lot of stuff in self are. I need this. I need that. No. My wants. I mean, wants are where all that resides. Your needs are going to be met. I'm sorry. I had it backwards. So needs and wants are two different things. I could talk for six more hours about the difference between needs and wants. I want a lot of stuff. I want this. I want that. But your needs are important. And I found that in my faith, if I take care of what God needs me to do for him, he'll take care of my needs too. So now my day is set. I'm looking around for ways to serve. I'm looking for, for things that I needed to be useful. And then your mental workout. Your mental workout is, I mean, it's, it's, it's so important. It's every book you read, every video you watch, every website you go to, your social media feeds. Who are you following? What are you posting? What do you watch on TV inside your home? Are you watching something that calls itself news, but people are screaming at each other and telling you to fear your neighbor and all you see is negativity? Man, turn that garbage off. That's negative entertainment. And America is being poisoned right now from their TV sets and their phones with negative entertainment. We're addicted to this stuff, y'all. In physical, well, physical, a lot of us, when we get done playing with sports, we fall out of shape. We fall out of shape. We get into a depression. And the, the worse our bodies look, the worse we feel about ourselves because we used to be this, this physical specimen. You can get that back. But it's going to have to happen gradually. Start out with something small. You know, you, a good book to read about this is Atomic Habits. You know, you start out with something small. You start... You know, walk around the block. Then after you get done walking around the block, walk two blocks, walk three blocks. And then you start jogging. And then you start moving around, get your body in motion again and eat the right foods. You know, don't eat food because it makes you feel good. Eat food because you need fuel and get enough rest. Take care of your body. You get one body in this life. But if you take care of yourself every day, spiritually, mentally, and physically, this doesn't take a lot of workout, by the way, then you'll be on the path to being a happier person, a more physically fit person, uh, a more useful person again. And that's what we all want to be. Everybody, human beings, man, we want to belong and be loved, Cletus. When I go into prisons all over America, I get to go into prisons now and it never fails. There's always a man or woman that's incarcerated that'll come up to me after my presentation's over and they've heard all the stuff going on in my life. And they're like, man, Damon, that's unbelievable, man. I love the stuff going on in your life. It's really inspiring. But of all the things you've gotten to do since you've been out of prison, I want to know, how did you do that? Mm. What to my wedding ring? Mm. How did you find someone that would love you again after all the mistakes you made in life? Because I'm one of those people that made those mistakes. And it, that person's right. Cause you lay in your bunk in prison. You're like, man, will I ever have someone that can love me again after all the mistakes I've made? Because at the core of being human, we just want to belong and be loved. And if we can just remember that every person we come in contact with, they're going through something. Everybody is going through something. So be kind to everybody you meet. 
you may be the only the only impression someone gets of a kind person today. So be kind to everybody. Be good to people. I love it, man. I love it. I love this message. And I know we could talk for hours on this. There's a lot of, a lot of different uh, tangents we can go on. And I just, uh, I love your energy. Uh, but let's, let's leave people with, with a way in which to, to learn more about you. I know you've got uh, your website, uh, social media, yeah. et cetera. How can people find you? Yeah, damonwest.org is my website. If you're looking for a speaker, for a group, your team, organization. Uh, my social media is at damonwest7 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, every morning, I put out a positive quote. Positive quote, you'll never see anything about politics or anything controversial on my page. My page is there to inspire and inspire only. Uh, so it's a, a drama-free zone. So you want a drama-free zone, someone to follow, at damonwest7. I'd love to have you on my page and... We talk about different ways of being a coffee bean. But yeah, I mean, my books are available on Amazon.com, anywhere books are sold. And uh, yeah, I'd love to have you come follow my page. Thanks. I love it, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Cleese. I really appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for your time, brother. Yeah, dude, I'm so glad. You know, thank you. You know, I reached out to you because uh, um, I got an email from, from the Team Y Institute. The Y Institute uh, was promoting you. Uh, okay. That's how I found you. Uh, wow. Yeah, I always wonder how people find you. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, as soon as I saw it, I was like, dude, this is perfect. Uh, this is exactly what, uh, I, you know, for my audience and for my work. And I just want to meet you and learn more about what you're doing because we just seem to have a lot of a lot of similarities. So I appreciate you answering the call. Yeah, no problem. Man. I always have ways to be useful, brother. You ever make it up here in the Northwest? I haven't yet. I, well, I've been to Oregon. I've talked to Oregon's football team a couple of years okay. ago, but I haven't been back there in a while. So okay. I'd like to though. Yeah. Well, dude, I, I would love to stay in touch. I would love to, you know, continue the, the conversations. Uh, you know, I'll give you a holler when I get this all edited and, and put out and start. Promoting. Yeah. Let me know. Uh, yeah, definitely, man. Let's stay in touch, please. But, uh, I look forward to it. Thanks again, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Man. Thanks. All right, man. Appreciate you, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. There's a ton of power in story, and I don't know what part of the story resonated for you. There were several key elements for me. One of them I actually put as the intro to the podcast, where those of us who are free are yet we're in prison in our own minds, afraid to be ourselves, afraid to pursue our own dreams for fear of what others may think of us, for fear of failure. And it's really challenging for us as athletes, especially if you've achieved some level of success, especially if you've been in intermittent states of flow, right? We, where you've, where it comes easy and yet it may not become an easy for you in this new game of life after sports. Maybe it's because you don't have the right team or the right coach. And, and that's where I can help support you in that process. But I tell you, we are in, in a position where we need to push ourselves to be ourselves. To do, I just scrolled through social media just today and so many people afraid to be themselves or doing somebody else or doing what they think others will like and, and comment on. Do you, my friend. And when you do, the universe shifts in your favor. It acts upon your behalf. And Damon was a prime example of how that works. When you finally step into your authentic self, following what skills you have, and what you're good at, and you're clear on that, it's amazing how things just fall into place. He talked to one coach, Dabo Sweeney, who has a lot of clout 
and he hit him at the right time. Dabble was winning. And he spread the word. And his life was forever changed. Because he stepped up and did him what felt right for him. And I tell you, I struggled with that for a lot of years. Trying to do business in other people's businesses. That other people were successful in. So I, I tried to step in and think, I'll be successful. Doesn't work that way. Now's the time to start to, to do you. And fight for it. It's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would be doing that. You know this. And you're different. You've got an athlete DNA. Let's tap into that. Let's make a greater impact in life. Are you with me? So if I can help support you, by all means, cletuscoffee.com forward slash playbook. That gets you in the mix, gets you into the community, and we can start having conversations. You get a lot of access, a lot of my free trainings, free videos, et cetera, uh, that can help you through this process. And I'm at Cletus Coffee on all social channels. If you will be open to leaving a five-star review and leaving a comment about this, that would be fantastic. I would be eternally grateful for that. So thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share this story and bring Damon West to you. I couldn't do it with without any of you. So if this made sense, if this if this resonated with you, share this with someone. Share this with someone who needs to hear this message. But a coffee bean. Until next time, my friends, go out there and make a greater impact in life than you ever did in sports. Hi, I'm Jim Purdue of Purdue Chicken. Unlike our competitor, who's gone back to feeding their chickens antibiotics, we at Purdue will remain no antibiotics ever. No antibiotics ever because we raise our chickens in a healthy environment, so they don't need them. No antibiotics ever takes more time and money, but it's the right thing to do. So when you buy chicken, look for the Purdue label to make sure your chicken is no antibiotics ever. Get the facts at Purdue.com. At Arizona State University, we're committed to our students' success. That's why we've designed our online courses to utilize adaptive technology for enhanced learning. Explore more than 300 programs online from the nation's most innovative university. Visit asuonline.asu.edu.